Welcome back to Movie Trailers Podcast. Your host Chris here with Ro, and we are here to review the film A Haunting in Venice in post World War II Venice. Perot, now retired, living in his own exile, reluctantly attends a seance. When one of the guests is murdered, it is up to the former detective to once again uncover the killer. It is directed and stars Kenneth Bragnaugh, has Michelle Yeoh, Jamie uh, Dornan, uh, who else? Tina Fey. Um, what did you think of this film? I like this movie, um, but I feel like something was off like maybe it was the pacing i know the pacing between the movie and the trailer that was cut mm-hmm. is not the same and that's going to be very misleading for people because it's giving the impression that this is a different movie than they think it is this is still a murder mystery it's just set on all hallows we eve so um you know file that away that you are still going to see an agatha christie mystery um I really enjoyed it. I thought that the ensemble worked really well together. It wasn't, it didn't mesh as well as Murder on the Orient Express. I think, um, I think some of the beats and I definitely think the ensemble meshed better than um, Death on the Nile because everyone in this movie could act um, at the equal level. I thought the costuming was amazing. I liked, I love the gothic feel that they gave it. He pulled out some really classic jump scares and kind of repurposed them to 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 give the impression that something was happening and give this atmosphere um i but i do believe that it's going to be slightly underwhelming for the people who are coming in with the hope that it's going to go full horror because it's not but again i i am strangely enjoying Kenneth Branagh's Hercule Poirot far more than i ever thought he would and i'm a big fan of the original BBC, uh, real Belgian man. And, but yeah, I, I thought it was a well done adaptation and I think they, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's not perfect, but I even enjoyed some of its imperfections. So there's that. What'd you think? I think the problem is like, I, I, I enjoyed the knives outs of the world more than I enjoyed these. I think that's a problem. I, it's, it's not a fair comparison, but it's just, I feel like there's something missing. And, and that's why I asked, I, I didn't see Duff on the Nile, so I don't know if they continue this, because there's a, there's a whole piece here with Pearl being disenfranchised because, I think partly because of the war, part of what it is. So you're also dealing with that a little bit. Um, so I don't know if they covered any of that in the previous movie, or you're just supposed to pick that up in this one. So uh, no, no, they you get a lot. Um, the a part of the problem with Death on the Nile is they try to do too much shit. Um, but when you realize that is a very very hefty book and it had a lot going on. Um, but you get a lot of Poor Rose backstory in that movie. Uh, um, okay. So <clears throat> the name the woman who gets mentioned that kind of startles him, you know who she is. You're supposed to know who she is coming into this movie because you get the whole story about the love of his life in Death on the Nile. So, yeah. You don't have to know those things to come into this movie, but some of the elements that later become important in the third act when he does the big reveal of I figured it all out, it's helpful to know 
what those details are because it's a it's a tell it kind of helps you the viewer who's watching these mysteries figure out who who's involved in this in the, the who done it but yeah i could totally see that he this the style it's a very old style of story and i think that's it right it's it's because also like it feels like there's times when the reveals just come out of nowhere the pacing i think it it fits for this style of movie but to me it's just like okay and then there's also times when i was like all right figure some things out and so now i gotta sit here longer to wait for everybody else to figure it to figure it out so it's just it was partly that too where it's like once you figure certain some things out, you yeah. So you're just like hurry up and get there. Yeah, and then but you that's what wait. I mean. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time that it really felt like there was something all. Com- you could a hundred percent not like the pacing in the first two movies, but the pacing in the first movies was on. Like there was the beat, there was the bounce, mm-hmm. like the moments happened, and and there was pace that made sense. From the second this movie starts, where there's a moment where like uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh's Perot sits up in the bed, and then there's a fade to another scene. Mm-hmm. Even that was off, right? Like that's what I'm saying. And, it's like there's just. I couldn't put my finger on it. It was just something felt off. That's what it was. From that exact moment on, the movie never, never, the never locked in. It never locked in. And when you have a movie that's set, that's playing around with horror, and I think this is the reason why it's not sitting well with you, and it's less about, I think it's honestly less about him not necessarily being your style of detective than it is this. You watch a lot of horror. That too. And you that's the other thing too. They put that they put the horror element in here, and I'm like, kind of not a fan. Right. They should have stuck with keeping it as this subliminal kind of. I, it's revealing itself if you've caught it. M- m- subtle psychological type mystery, but they tried to go for that extra edgy feel thrill, mm-hmm. and it. It doesn't work because that's not his bag. It, it's not that is not what Kenneth Branagh does well, and it it shows immediately upon this movie starting. He's the timing is off. Like the he also, screen, he also, he's, also, he's also directing himself, so it doesn't. It makes it harder too. So I mean, I mean that. that that has been his forever flaw. That has right. been his flaw since his, he played Hamlet as Bond. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I say this as someone who loves Kenneth Branagh. He should not be directed himself. Not if Emma Thompson is not involved. Yeah. So like, have you ever seen them act together? No. no. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know Emma Thompson. Yeah. And like, her timing is almost always impeccable. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that would be. They used. Be. Yeah, they used to be married. Hmm. And they used to do a lot of movies together. And like one of my favorite movies that they did together is actually a murder mystery. Um, and I am and have always been convinced the reason that the timing works, some of the elements don't feel off. I, I mean, my mama just has no respect for my schedule. I'm sorry. Um, is because there was another voice there that he respected and trusted and listened to. And I feel like ever since that they have um dissolved both their personal and working relationship his timing has been off mm. 
there's nobody there's nobody who's there to tell him okay that's that's sweeping that overhead work. crane shot that's not need to be that fucking long that doesn't work right but yeah. everything else i mean i mean there are parts of the story the the, the part of the story that has michelle yo in it mm-hmm. has the best pace yeah and the best feel and i feel like that part of the story should have been longer Mm-hmm. And it should have had more depth. Yes. Um, and because it doesn't, other parts of the story feel totally off. Tina Fey is perfect as an abrasive, arrogant, annoying American. But they both over and underutilized her character all at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and in a world where you have Daniel Craig giving a great detective who, you know, uses the odd element, asks mm-hmm. the odd questions, clearly um, socially inept, even as he is socially adept, kind of uh, uh, like detective energy to bring back Poirot, those are bits that you, those are beats you can't miss. So. Yeah. yeah there's that yeah it, it, like i said it's it's not bad and like i said some of the horror elements work it's just when you combine the horror elements with the detective elements where it comes off now i'm also now wondering because you, you mentioned that there was so many aspects of of his background happened in the last film I'm wondering if maybe that would also kind of help me a little bit more. Maybe not get all of my concerns, but I'm thinking that might have also helped me a little bit. I mean, I was able to string some things together. There's a lot of things talking about the uh, PTSD from from war. And also, I can relate to being dissatisfied with what you do, right? It's mm-hmm. There's a lot of that stuff in there. Not having, losing the love for something that you are really good at, right? Which is really what this film is about. Right, and you can right. almost see that love come back throughout this film, and that's good, right? But like I said, it's yeah, yeah. But the whole other part of the story is about holding on too tight mm-hmm. and still losing everything you love. And if you're going to try to shove those two stories together, you've got to give Kelly Riley more to do because she's a brilliant actress. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the times. People just kind of want that ginger to be pretty. And it's a, it does a disservice to us. It does a disservice to her. But when a lot is built around a character that she's playing, those beats can't be off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I will say, I think one of the persistent problems that has been happening, and I say this as someone who's kind of been enjoying these movies, but I will say that Murder on the Orient Express is flawed, Death on the Nile is flawed, and um, A Haunting in Venice is also flawed. And part of it is the parts of the books that they decide that they want to adapt. Um, I don't think that he always picks the most exciting parts. Sometimes I don't think he picks some of the things like what viewers like you need for what are some of the story elements right to keep Mm -hmm. you invested and to even when you figured out to make you care about seeing it be unveiled because if you figured out too quickly you you don't you don't you don't need to you don't need to build up anymore right and you don't care you just like hurry up and get there 
And I think that those are persistent screenwriter problems. But I also think when you then couple them with someone who wants to kind of do this thick streak of supernatural, when what he really needed was, uh, you know, to go full bold gothic, you run into these types of problems. This is, in my opinion, the best of the three, but the bar is low. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he's catching his stride. And as someone who's always thought that these stories would be hard to tell if you're not going to do it episodically, um, or you're not going to really go ten toes down on all of the stuff that you need. I, I think that they're getting better. I still think that they're enjoyable. I loved the score. Um, and the soundscape was great. The sound engineering in this movie is really well done. Yes. Um, they actually, I think, was this done in Dolby? But I was like, yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw this in Dolby. Yeah. I think the only movie that I've seen that I enjoyed in Dolby more than this one was also a weird period piece that apparently a lot of people haven't seen yet was uh, Voyage of Demeter. So mm-hmm. <laughs> sound, en- sound engineers are engineering. They're doing their job. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, God yeah, forbid if uh, we ever go yeah. on strike. But I think, yeah. But acting-wise, story-wise, it's still, it's still not always, it's not in its pocket yet. Right. Yeah, no, definitely feel feel the same way. What would you give it out of 10? Mm, a 7? I, I think I'm like at a 7 out of 10 because, I, again, I enjoyed it even with its imperfection. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm at a 6.5. Um, okay, that's fair. Yeah, like I said, it's one of those things of like, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, um... Yeah, even this Orient on the uh Orient on the Nile. Oh, no, not Orient on the Nile. Shit. <laughs> I'm about to be taking some oh, yeah. Oof, making making some stuff. Um the Oriental what the Orient Express? Is that what Murder on the Orient Murder Express? Murder on the Orient Express. So that one. Even that one I felt like it was just like again, just missing something. Almost there, scratching some itches, but just not completely there. So but Bounce. anyway. It's missing so, that bounce. Yeah. So, anyway, folks, we are coming up on not just TIFF. Well, we're wrap, wrapping up TIFF, so I'll have some more reviews coming out. Probably some written, some audio. I'm going to do a recap of all the stuff that I watched at TIFF. I think it was nine films I saw at TIFF. I'll, I'll recap those with Ro on here, so you can listen to those on movie trailer reviews on this podcast. But we also have some other rooms coming out um, that are still coming out. So, I know we have The Creator coming out next week. or I don't know if it comes out next week, but I know we have a screener next week. So we have the creator, um, and it's also getting close to award season time, which is going to be interesting to see how they do that if the strike is still going on. Listen, hmm. it's going to be a mess. It, I, I, I'm literally, I firm, I'm literally watching. I'm believe. literally watching the stare down happen, and I'm like, yo, I think the studios are going to have to crack because y'all, y'all, y'all doing a four, a three hundred or four hundred million dollar loss, mm. right? But the wrong people aren't losing money, right? Right. Yes, that's the, true. excuse me. The wrong people are losing money. The right people aren't losing money. The people who uh, need to go in that room, they're not losing a dime. Yeah, that's true. So we but, will see. Uh, I mean, I think for us, I think we do a solid job. It's been a really weird year. I mean, I think we're going to get more in the latter half of the year that, you know, they've pulled most of what almost all the tentpole movies. Mm hmm. But I think that might actually be good for movies 
it's I think it's a tactical error on their part, but I think it might actually end up being good for movies because there's a lot of movies that are coming out that are smaller movies that don't necessarily get the push that you would expect them to get that they're pushing because look, they let talk to me cook and look how it did. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles got a bigger push than it was when they moved it to a different month and it's still kind of doing its thing. They bitched and moaned that they didn't get the big, huge, you know, splash opening weekend, but Blue Beetle's out here being the little engine that could. So I think we're going to be able, for us as people who have to like find things to talk about, I think we're going to have a much better eclectic variety of things to talk about come award season because we're probably going to get some of the other titles that they usually don't give us in a good enough time to watch mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah i think they're going to try to delay all the ceremonies because they're not going to be able to get all the big talking heads to be their big talking sponsors and you know they don't want to pay for that stuff themselves so we'll see yeah so <clears throat> Yeah, so we'll see. So, again, folks, uh, thank you guys very much for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe. Movie trailer reviews on iTunes, uh, Spotify, no Stitcher, and um, just go to the site, mtrnumber.net. So, again, folks, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we're out of here. Peace.